Hello, everyone. This is Janice Alford with uh, On Purpose, a podcast that hopefully helps you figure out what your purpose is. Are you doing it? If not, why not? And that you get to do it um, on purpose. And we interview very interesting people like today who have been searchers and found their own purpose. They were um, having the pleasure of Maria Felipe. I said it so good before. Um, hi, Maria. Hi. Thank you for having me, Janice. Hi, everyone. Thank you for being here. So usually I just start off by asking you a little bit about your family, like where did you grow up and um, what was your family life like? And Well, I was born and raised in Miami, Florida. I, I'm Cuban. Um, I, both my parents left um, Cuba through when the communism started. Wow. Um, I, I actually, yeah. as a sidebar, I, I visited Cuba. When, there was a, like, that small window where you, Americans could go. I think where their windows closed now, but um, I loved it. Lo- I mean, it's I felt sad. It's a beautiful island. It's really it's, beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. And the people are lovely, like even so nice. a lot of poverty going on. It's yes, that's, so I said I felt sad, but I also thought it was a beautiful place. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, and then we... Um, I lived How old in, were you when, when you came here? When I came... Well, actually, I was born in Miami. Oh, I picked okay. from Cuba. Yeah. Oh, yes. Okay. I was born in Miami, born and raised. So Cuban-American. Usually people that were born in Miami from Cuban parents sound like me. That tense, that's the accent that I have. It's like okay. Accent. It's, you know, Pitbull, Pitbull was born in Cuba. I know we all know Pitbull. Pitbull was born in Cuba and he went to Miami. That's why his his accent is a little stronger than mine. But okay, this is how we sound. Okay, well, you sound just fine. So go ahead. So you were born in Miami. My, my English is still good. My, you could speak, I speak English. You speak English very well. Very, very well. Okay. So um, more. are you an only child or did you have siblings or? I, uh, I have a, a one brother. He okay. actually lives in Miami as well. And um, I have I grew up pretty much all my life in Miami. I ended up um, leaving Miami in my mid-20s. And I went out to live in Los Angeles for about 15 years. Oh, wow. Wow. And then I ended up during the whole COVID thing. I know COVID changed a lot of people's lives. We decided yes. I decided to come back to Florida, now living in Naples, Florida. Oh, been there. Love Naples. Isn't it amazing? I know a lot of, there's no for snowbirds. It's no yeah. for retirees, but now it's like booming with families now because the, the quality of life is so good. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So we've been living here of uh, three years now and loving it, loving it, loving it. And it's funny how I came full circle back to Florida. I never thought I would be back, but you see, you can never say never because you never know. Never know where your path is. All right. So, um, did so you went to grammar school, high school in Miami? Did you what did you do after high school? And well, funny enough, um, what happened was is that early on I was you know I'm very I was very tall and skinny. I was asked to become a model, and would I be modeling? So I did modeling for about I would oh. say 20, 25 years runway oh, modeling. Commercial. And, and- and I can uh, validate that, that Maria is very, you know, attractive. I can see um, that you, why you might be a model. Had you, is that something that you had wanted to do or how did that come about? Yeah, Janice, actually it was something that I, um, since I was a little girl, I always loved television and I loved being, you know, mm-hmm. I like to be in, you know, the movie Grease and I like to dress up like Sandra with the black tight pants and the black, you know, tight um, top and so, so I always did want to. Yep. Okay. That, I just have to say, sidebar as a promotion, um, we interviewed my niece, who is an actress very early on in the podcast, and she, her name is Sandy, and she played Sandy in the touring company of Greece right out of college. Um, so that's so funny that you mentioned that. And cool. her play that she wrote is in New York right now called The Cottage, and it's getting very good reviews, starring Evan McCormick and 
um, directed by Jason Alexander. So she's she's done really well. But her first gig um, was Sandy um, on the Touring Company of Greece. All right. So I digress. I gave a little plug for my niece and I'm That's sure she'll amazing. appreciate it. It was a big thing. No, she's amazing. Yeah. She's yeah. All right, sidebar. Anyway, so you you always so like so I started to do. I always like I always wanted to. I ended up doing being a model for a long time. But then I was told I had such an extroverted personality, and I'm so outgoing. I should be doing television. Oh, so I started to audition for commercials. My first commercial was when I was 17 for Co- Coca Cola for Colombia. Wow, and then Colombia too, another great country. Go ahead. Yeah, so I did a commercial for them, and then. I got a really big show. This was a big, a big deal at the time. I would think it was like 22, 23. Wow, really? Yeah. I, actually got, I actually got hired by World Wrestling um, Entertainment, <sighs> which used to be WWF, World Wrestling Entertainment, as their host for their Spanish show. Wow. Now, this was a big deal because at the time, I was actually depressed. Oh, okay. So, so emotional. I was going through, you know, I think when we're coming out of our 20s, uh, late, you know, teens to 20s, I had like, I feel like an early life crisis. I was okay. like, what am I doing with my life? I'm a model, but I wasn't sure what I wanted to do and the responsibility of becoming an adult. It was just very chaotic for me. Were you living on your own at the time? I was living with my parents. Oh, okay. But for some reason, I got I got really depressed, very insecure about life for such and such reason. And um, I ended up going to this audition for this show. Okay. And 500 girls went for the job and I ended up booking it. So wow. I in the job and, and I was depressed at the time. So, <laughs> so that's what I said. You never know. If it's your purpose, you're going to, you're got, it's going to happen. So, but you, so you had, you put your depression wherever it went, needed to go, put on your professional modeling and personality self and you got the job. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, of course, I want to know, is the wrestling real? That's everyone who watches wrestling. Well, you know, I, I, there it's, it's real in the sense of they're athletes and they okay. really, they're in the ring and they're really, you know, doing these flips and, you know, it, they do, you do have to be an athlete to do that type of things and throw yourself around a ring, right? I bet. You don't have to be, and you also have to be flexible and all these things. Okay. Now. They have, you know, they do run a script. They have a, they have storylines going on. You know, okay. that just get made up by the air. You know, you have, the, right. you have the bad guys. I was there in the good old days when The Rock was there. Like I met Rock. We used to work together. I love him. No, no, I love his movies. Stone Cold Steve Austin, like all the big guys, you know, wow. with them. It was such a cool gig. It was really, really cool. Now, was um, it in, in, in Los Angeles for that? I was actually in Miami. I got booked for that in Miami. It was terrifying because it was live in front of 25,000 people. Oh, my god! And I had to have an IFB in my ear and go down that big, you know, jump. I don't know what an IFB, what's an IFB? IFB is when they put this um this uh, uh, microphone in your ear. Okay. So that you can hear the director. The director says, okay, walk down now. And you have to ask the question now and all these things. And it's very nerve wracking because you're live on tape. So there's no messing anything up. Oh, goodness. Terrifying. And you're bet. Down, like this this ramp. That oh, the oh I would for down. sure. And I'm sure you're dressed nicely. And I'd fall right at my face. Oh, my. 25,000 people watching you. And you're like, your job is on the line because it was like my first time. It, it, was, I, it was horrifying. I have anxiety just listening to this. But go ahead. I don't know how I got it, but I ended up passing the test and I went on to film about 30 episodes after that. So that was super neat. Amazing. And that was all filmed in Miami. So it you're still filmed. I got the job in Miami, but it's filmed all over the United States. 
Oh. So I went to Lexington, Kentucky, to Albany, New York, to Los Angeles, everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. It was incredible. It was incredible. So and that, how long did that job last? It was about, uh, we did 30 something episodes. So about a year, a good year. Uh-huh. And then what, yeah. and, and do you remember feeling less depressed or like, this is fun oh, and I'm I enjoying it? I remember it started to subside a little bit as I was working. I would get very nervous and insecure within the job, but I, I kind of kept it together and, and, you know, just try to do the best I could, which is all we could do when we're going through anything in life. And eventually it went away, um, but it wasn't fun. You know, it wasn't fun, but I feel a lot of young adults get nervous because of, you know, they have, you have to become an adult and you have to, and nobody really teaches you depression when you're young. Like I was feeling sad and I'm like, what is this feeling? And my parents are like, it's probably depression. Like, what is that? Uh Did you ever go, did you ever go for help or? Um, I did see a, a, um, a a psychologist, psychiatrist for a while and that did help a little bit. And then. Just, you know, eventually it just w- left, you know, little by little. But, you know, was and I am always very cautious of that, of going through that. So I'm very aware, aware of that now so that I don't go back right. to space. Right. Because I do feel I have a responsibility to say that I'm happy that it that you it dissipated for you. But anyone that's listening that is going through depression, be sure the thing about depression is horrible and it feels like you'll never get out of it. But there is not only is there help in terms of therapists, psychologists, psychiatrists, there's really good medications now with very little side effects. So no one has to live that way uh, forever. Um, and, and you shouldn't so have to. Yeah. Okay. So, so just true. that's my mental health. Uh, you know, well, it's, it's true. Because out. A lot of people suffer with depression. They do feel about it. Right. Um, I, treat, I treat them. So I know. So and I know they get better. So you don't you, there is light. There is light. Just always know there is light. All right. So you went through that. And that was really hard. Now the job is over. And how old are you about at this time? I'm in my mid-20s at this okay. time. Okay. And, and any relationships going on or no time for that or what? Well, I was, I was, uh, I was, I, I was, I had an issue growing up, which was I was addicted to having relationships. Oh, okay. It was like serious relationships. I kind of looked for my happiness outside. I looked for my love outside of men, hence. The work I do now is really helping people with that, with the right. codependency and looking for love and happiness outside. But because I struggled with it for so long of really like thinking a man could save me, a man could complete me. So hey. um, on, my, on my 20s, I was like, um, you know, addicted to having a man in my life um, mm-hmm. on my 20s and, and learning, learning that and going through a really big hard curriculum of self-worth. Yeah. And, and, you know, it was like this convincing for people to love me, this convincing so, so yeah, I did have relationships um, where they, they were, they were difficult because so, of, it sounds like they weren't necessarily great, but you were, yeah, I like how you say you were in your curriculum because those, you know, if we're on this kind of this path of self-reflection, you have to look at it that we're in school. We're trying to learn about who we are and each thing that happens is an, is an opportunity is no matter what, how painful it is for us to grow. So I love that. I like that word curriculum because I think that says it like it is. We're all in in our curriculum like it does often in high school and college. It changes. So yeah. we have to be prepared for that. So you're, you're at when least aware. When I was 28, I got I got married when I was 28. OK, I was married for about four years with this with with this individual. Um, it was it was a good marriage compared to the relationships I had had. I feel like he was a good partner and such. Okay. Um, Unfortunately, uh, unfortunately, it, it didn't work out. We got divorced in 2009. I was already living in L.A. by that time. Him and I okay. went to L.A. together. We were both actors. 
we actually met on the set of Home Depot. We we're playing husband and wife. Oh, that's so, that's so so that's so funny. So after the wrestling thing, you still were getting jobs doing commercials and. Yeah, I was doing jobs and commercials. I was still acting. Like when I went to LA, I actually went for acting. I was doing a lot of television commercials for different companies from anywhere from McDonald's to T-Mobile to, I did a lot of different stuff. Amazing. I'm going to have to Google, I'm going to have to Google that. Um, yeah, they'll you, come up. They'll come up. Okay. Do you have an agent or, or did you? I did have an agent at the time in Los Angeles. Yeah. Yeah. I, so I was that, a full on actor. Like I did that full time. Oh, that's unbelievable. For like 25 did, years. For like 25 years. Yeah. Wow. Oh, and then I had like a, a new calling, which is to be a spiritual teacher now and speaker and author. So everything shifted. But that was like my first half of my life was that was acting. Wow. Getting me ready for this moment. I, I, I hear you. Okay. So you were in Los Angeles and living with husband number one, or I don't know if there is there a husband number two. Yes. Okay. Okay. So husband number one, I'm just asking husband number one and- <laughs> You, and were you loving your life as far as acting and like were you feeling like oh this is so fun and I'm fulfilled what was going on inside um I, I loved I loved being an actor and I loved what I did although it was a big struggle because um, you're constantly auditioning you're constantly trying to convince people again I'm convincing people you know like exactly and then in my life to love me now I'm convincing people to think I'm an actor to think I'm a good actor too. and then you're rejected I'm guessing yes Yes. Every, I mean, every actor is. It starts to get a little bit exhausting. I never sat down and said, I'm going to quit. But okay. eventually with certain certain um, circumstances in my life, it just started to just kind of naturally come out of my life, which was really gentle and beautiful. I don't know if I could have just said, OK, I'm going to quit acting just because it was part of my identity it was what I did for so long. Of course. Um, so, yeah, eventually uh, around 2012, 20, 2013, things started to fizzle and I was coming more into what I'm doing now. Okay. So just going back in terms of your family life, like were your parents, I mean, that's a big deal to come from Cuba to America. Did, were they like, I want you to be fulfilled? Like, was was there any of that kind of stuff? Like in my family was like, no, you're just going to college. And if you make enough money to support yourself, then you're good. There was never any internal, like in my family. So I'm just curious, in your family, was there a, any kind of like, yes, we want you to be fulfilled or we want you to find yourself or it was more like, just or that was never really addressed. I just always like to hear. If- yeah, no, that, that's a great question. I think that's important um, because of the family, because of the, the the dynamic of purpose and and right want to do in your life and your in your family and your parents and how they support you in that. I feel that my parents did want me to go to college and finish college and such, which I actually ended up not doing. But I they wanted that. But at the same time, they saw me in college and they saw that I would book WWF. They saw that I would book this commercial. Right. And they, and they knew at the time I had a beeper. They know my agent's beeping me while I'm in school and all these opportunities are coming and all this money's coming in. Exactly. So well, maybe she's not supposed to be going to school. Maybe, maybe Maria has a different path here. Yeah. yeah. And I think I think my parents were open enough to honor that and support that, which was Very great. Nice. So I think that that helped a lot, too. So okay. I, I ended up leaving school at some, at, at okay. some point. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, so what do you have? Yeah. But I just think because, you know, if you come from a family that is, um, you know, just they're not they're not not nothing bad. They're just not on the path of self-awareness or self-reflection. And then you decide you're going to move in that direction. Um, sometimes it's hard. Like, listen, some of my family members think like, oh, all right, there she goes again with me on her spiritual or journey or whatever. Not in a, just like they kind of make fun. But um, I never cared. 
you know, I just thought I'm doing what I need to do and I'll share what I'm doing with the people that I feel are supportive and loving and those that no one has never not been supportive. They just but there's you know, there's a difference between like I get it and I want you to do this because I know this feeds your soul and feeds your purpose and um, and those that will just either be indifferent. So it sounds like at least your parents were supportive of your acting career, which that was good. I mean, that always feels better. Okay, so now you're back to you. So now you're in Los Angeles. It's 2012. Are you with, how'd you meet this husband? So um, that's forward to, so I, the whole acting thing starts to drizzle down. Right. And I And I was just caught in a down spiral just because my marriage was ending. Uh, I was asked to go to a ministerial school that was based on the Course of Miracles, which is what I teach. It's my background of my teaching um, called Pathways of Light. And I was and I told, why don't you go to ministerial school? I was like, I'm not going to ministerial school. I'm an actor. Like, what? I'm not. What? what who, who was this person that said go to the, the, the lady that had married my ex-husband and I? She recommended that I go to this ministerial school based on the Course of Miracles that can help me and I could become a minister, I guess, just. You know, the, the classes and stuff are very inspirational. Uh-huh. So I, did she know no. that you were, wait, excuse me, not to interrupt. Did she know you were struggling? How did she? Yeah, she, I told oh, her I was struggling okay. and my marriage was ending. Yeah, I'm okay. sorry, I stopped that part. I was oh. struggling, my marriage was ending. And she said, so you, well, why don't you go to ministerial school at Pathways of Light? It's great. I went there and you love the course. So why didn't you go? And um, I was like, I was like, this is crazy. Like, I'm not a minister, I'm an actor, but. In L.A., you can get away with minister and actor. You could get away with it in L.A. for sure. Of course. Of course. Yes. You could be all kinds of things in Los Angeles. I'm aware. I'm aware. My my son lived in L.A. for many years. I've been there a million times. I It's it's a it's a certain vibe. I get it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so then I, I looked into it and it, it ended up changing my life. I ended up going to ministerial school there. Um, it really it helped me to just a lot of meditation, a lot of self-reflective work. Yep. Uh, it's a curriculum that takes about a year. It took me three years because I was so resisting it. Wow. And you stuck with LA. it? Huh? And you stuck with it for three I years. stuck with it, even though I stuck with it because I I was, again, in a di- downward spiral after my divorce because I was just drinking a lot in L.A. and I wasn't yeah. very focused. And but the ministerial school was always there. I said, was, I, that, it, was that in L.A., the school or? Um, it's it's actually through um t- you know through um the mail at the time they would oh, okay years it was binders and then my facilitator on the phone that I would talk to okay so um, you didn't have to go anywhere no no it was all I, I could do it at home and it was I mean it it's a big curriculum I think there's about fifty binders you have to get through oh my goodness it's, it's excessive like you have to so within this when you when you finish this curriculum of pathways which is an incredible program that I got so much out of you know I. I was, I'm able to do spiritual counseling. I'm able to do, to marry people, you know, do weddings. Oh. Um, I can do funerals, baptisms, any type of ceremonies, uh-huh. as well as inner, inner child work or um, spiritual awakening work, things like that. Okay. So that kind of changed my life. Not that I ever wanted to do that, but eventually Unity of Burbank, which is in LA, which I used to speak at, they got the word that I was um, going to ministerial school. So they started tasking me to speak at the church. And then there comes in my acting and my hosting background. Right. Like I would get up there and I wasn't scared. I was in my element. I was, people would cry. People would laugh. It was it was incredible. incredible. You were, exactly. You were in the zone. Yeah. So it's, I feel like that's why half of my life, even though I never kept on being an actor and, and host, which is something I thought I would do for the rest of my life. Uh-huh. Uh, I think it was just bringing me again in my curriculum to 
get to where I am now as a teacher, a spiritual mm-hmm. teacher. So well, when you when you and did you like make a conscious effort? I'm I'm not going to do acting because I just you have to ask financially. I'm sure you've made a nice living, even though it sounds like it was an up and down career. Up and down, yeah. But but at least you had him had so it was, now you, it was um it was like small in the sense of yeah that's that's right so I would try to do acting as much as I could at the same time shifting to this spiritual teacher okay role um and eventually I don't know how it happened that I would either get a roommate an Airbnb okay. or a second bedroom somehow work it out so I could, okay. so you could feed yourself. Because I always say part of what I say in this uh, that I say in this uh, podcast is, you know what, uh, we want people or I want people to to feel like their life has purpose and meaning and that they feel fulfilled. But we do have to have a roof over our head and we have to feed ourselves and our family. But I also believe in abundance. So I feel like if you're willing to take the leap and take the risk and go to whatever it is that your inner calling is, that the money will follow you. You'll be OK. But that transition is a little scary. So I'm just wondering how you manage that. It is scary. I feel that I've always been a really optimistic and trusting person and mm-hmm. a very positive person. I remember my my home in LA was going through a short sale at the time. It was that crazy time it, yes. when, 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 you know, they gave all these crazy loans out and we were one of those loans and my, I was like upside down with my home and I also wanted to. Oh. And I remember the guy that was doing my short sale said to me, can I, can I ask you something? Because he already, he knew my finances, you know, obviously. Yeah. Can I ask you something? Um, I don't understand. Like you, you're, you really don't have that much money. <laughs> That's one. Two, you just are going through a divorce. Three, you had an ectopic pregnancy. I had just gone through this ectopic pregnancy. Aww. And he says, and you're so happy. Like, what is it? Like, can you tell me what's going on here? What's the secret here? Yes. He has all this money. <laughs> He's successful. And he's he's wondering what's going on here. I said, you know, that's a good question. I had never thought of a thought about it. I had never seen myself like that. I have mm-hmm. to cough for a second, Janice. Go ahead. <laughs> I don't know no one could edit this, but I'm like, I have, to, okay. I have some water, take a breath. Yeah, I'm talking to it and I feel like <clears throat> so back to my thought. What was it? You you were talking about we were talking about money and how yeah. this guy is really successful. Yeah. And he doesn't sound like he is so happy. And you're yeah. you're struggling a little bit financially, but you you give off a happy vibe. Yeah. And then he says, "How do you?" He said to me, "How do you do it?" And I said, um, "And it kind of it kind of hit me. It meant, meant a lot to me because I I didn't ever really see it that way because we're so hard on ourselves." Yes. And then I was I was like, "I have no idea. I just I'm very 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 trusting. I'm very trusting of the universe. I'm very trusting of life. It's something that also very accepting of circumstances. Maybe that helps as well." Um, so eventually after that, um, I ended up moving and that's when I started to, my role at speaking at the church began bigger. I ended up renting. Did they pay, did they pay you for that? (laughs) They did pay me a speaker fee. I ended up opening, opening the Spanish version of it. Like I was a Spanish minister and I ended up doing a full on service in Spanish for for a while. Yeah. And then after that, I started my YouTube channel. And then from the YouTube channel, um, organically, I started to be asked by organizations to speak at their Course in Miracles conference or Unity Church, or, and I started to do that. And then the big, big, big shift to to get to, you know, the best part of, of the whole story is that in 2017, a lot happened for me. One was um, being dyslexic. I was dyslexic. I was always in learning disability schools. I never considered myself smart. 
I always consider myself fun, outgoing. I consider myself yeah. very street smart, but yes. actually smart. So I would. Well, it's never, hard. Sexy is hard. I, I, would, I would never think I would, you know, write a book. Um, but I did end up. I, I didn't end up writing a book. I posted a, a nice Facebook post on Facebook once. I had drank some Pinot Noir that night, <laughs> drinking my red wine. I was having some Pinot Noir, and I put a post that said. Um, I'm so happy I'm, I'm getting over this codependency on men. Something really inspirational at the end, I put excerpt from my book. Needless to say, an excerpt means that a book is real, right, Janice? Exactly. Like, it really happened. Right? And so where can I order it? If I like the excerpt, I want to No, I was actually supposed to put quotes or, or I should have put quotations, but I put excerpt from my book. To make a long story short, as you were saying at the beginning before we started the podcast about, you know, Noah has come into your life and how people come into our lives right. to help us. Yes, That's exactly what happened with this person. He found me on Facebook. He said, I want to know more about your book. I was so embarrassed. We ended up getting on the, on a phone call. And I said, listen, Patrick, I don't have a book. It was the Pinot Noir talking. And he said, you know this what? I, I only live on Pinot Noir Street in Napa Valley. He actually lived on a street called Pinot Noir. Are you kidding me? I, I, just, I love when this stuff happens. It's a true story. Oh my God, I, that is unbelievable. Now, this is where I say, if people don't believe that the universe is there to help us, you're drinking your Pinot Noir and the guy that ends up helping you lived on Pinot Noir Street. And that's where the post, that's where the famous post comes from. And then the book is born, which is, it's, you know, this is a Spanish version, but this one, the Live Your Happy book. And I said, I, I said, I said, it's a, it's a Pinot Noir talking. He's like, well, look, let's do this. You're, I feel like you speak about happiness. I feel that you're a teacher that really helps people to get back into a happy place, let go of suffering. I don't feel like I don't memoirs. People don't want memoirs. What 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 the publishers want right now is like from self help is practical things, practice. Right. Mm -hmm. So he knew what was out there. He said, I'll agent you, and and I, we're gonna get you into Hay House. You're perfect for Hay House. To make a long story short, we ended up doing a book proposal. He convinced me to do a book 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 proposal because it's not the whole book right you, see, you do the proposal the publisher will pay you to write the book and then i said fantastic so we ended up doing a book proposal we gave it to hay house mm -hmm. and hay house didn't really care for it which for Just me for, was, for the listener hay house is is a is a popular publishing company for spiritual self-help well-being um that's their kind of uh genre yeah yeah and they didn't want absolutely nothing to do with leave me happy when for me, I was so excited because I didn't want to write a book anyways, right? So sometimes when we don't make things matter so much or we don't make them so real or yep. it's attached to them, it, it's it's great because we don't suffer that much. I mean, it's not that we don't want to do things, but I was like, I really want my book to be somewhere where they're excited. Somebody wants it. Where they're excited about it. Sure. So he said, he, he said to me, Maria, you know, you're funny. You're the first rejected writer that I've ever met. Like, you're so happy. Like, you're so happy. <laughs> I totally understand because I, 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 I've written a couple of books and got rejected so many times. And the last one I self-published, which was the best thing that I ended up doing because then I was in control. But go ahead. It is. It's true. It's, it's a better it's, it's better for a lot. For me, it was. For me, it was. Eventually, um, he, he ended up, I said, OK, we're done. He said, no, I'm going to keep on submitting it. And he ended up submitting it. And the book got published in 27. It ended up getting published in 2017 by wow. New World Library which is also a good publisher. They published, they were the first ones to publish The Power of Now and still publish The Power of Now by Wow, Cartel. by Cartel. Okay. Um, so they're, they're pretty big. And um, I ended up uh, speaking about, you know, the book hadn't come out yet. I was 
speaking at a work um a retreat in in Los Angeles. Uh-huh. Getting to where I met my husband. So my husband's there as you know, he's he's like a and he's basically a volunteer. I thought you I thought it was gonna be Patrick, but go ahead. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Patrick ended up helping me to write the yeah. book, but that same year when I got published, I met my husband in a retreat. Um, we ended up hitting it off. He said, why don't we go on book tour? Um, he was here from Germany. Uh, we ended up going on book tour two months after we left. We also ended up getting married wow. um, before we left on the book tour. And we ended up also getting pregnant with my son now that he's five um, a few months later. I think literally within six months, we met at the retreat. Wow. Got married. We launched the book in April. We had we got married in May and we got pregnant in July. It's I mean, unbelievable. Incredible. And we've been together six years and it's a really incredible marriage, a very healthy marriage. I feel, you know, all the all the all the stuff I went through and the curriculum and all I feel has I've come full circle. I'm not saying I'm 100 I'm percent there, but I could say I'm not vic- a victim, a victim of my circuit for you. Then I take responsibility in my relationship. You know, he's not my problem. My problem is in my mind. My problem is the way I perceive him. Yep. My problem is the stories I make about him. And the more that I see him. Um, in a way that's not coming for victimization, the more he's free and the more I'm free. And it's everything. A, it's a healthy- today, like today we got in this huge fight about these bugs in front of our door. I mean, I've been telling him for like two weeks. <laughs> I don't tend to get mad, but one time when you get me and that's it, I'm done. I'm oh, like, hey, you're like, fiery. I can see you're fiery. Cuban, the crazy yeah, I was going to say you're you're fiery girl. I got it. Yeah. <laughs> and we got and we got in this huge fight, but we're so good about it. It's like, we'll forget about it. Like I'll get home. He'll laugh. He'll say, well, honey, I'm so sorry. I just, just like the way you were talking to me, I go, I'm so sorry too. So it's just, it's that it's, it, we don't, we don't get crazy about it. But, we don't, you know, here's we, the thing about relationships. If you want a healthy relationship, you don't anticipate that you're never going to have a disagreement or that your spouse or partner or whatever is not going to irritate you. If you feel that way, then you're not really having the human experience. So I always feel that it, whatever partnership we're in, in whatever way, we're teachers for each other. So I, I love my husband. I think he's a great guy, but does he ever annoy me? And he knows this. Yes. And do I annoy him? Yes. That's to me normal. And it happens, thankfully, not too frequently. But when it does, which we two just had, I laugh because you know, I, I think I gave this example. COVID was like we were together all the time as everybody was. And I remember one morning he wanted to use, I had, I was at that time um, having a fried egg every morning and I had the certain pan that I used. And I, he got up, whatever, we were having breakfast together and he he took out my the pan that I use. Now, let me just reassure everybody, I have more than one pan. But that to me was my pan that I used every morning. And I say to him, why are you using that pan? That's my pan. He goes, I can't use this pan. I went, no, that is my pan. He goes, well, I he had already put started putting the eggs in. And I went, I can't believe you're just using my pan. He goes, I can't believe you care. We've got another pan. And I went, I'm sorry, that was my pan. So then all of a sudden I stopped and I went, Okay, we're having a COVID fight right now. This is ridiculous that we're fighting about a pan. And I'm the one that was irritated. And it was it was just ridiculous. But the part that's the good part is he said, you're acting ridiculous. I got a little snippy. And then after about 10 minutes, I went, this is, I have to apologize. And I did. And he went, okay. And then and then it's done. So it's not that you're not going to have a, a setting or moments in your relationship. It's how quickly do you repair and that it's making sure that even when you're in a fight, you don't go below the belt. Because we all have things. I have such great lines sometimes in my head. And I go, oh, well, this is really get him. Then I go, but why do I want to get him? If, again, we're trying to come from a place of love and that's where we're in charge of ourselves. So 
So good for you. All right. So let's just go a little bit, if you don't mind, um, because this your story is amazing. And I think you've done like your like unbelievable things already. Um, Just give an idea. I know what The Course of Miracles is because I've read Marianne Williamson's books. And um, but just to give the listener a little idea in case they're interested in following this, the general idea of what A Course of Miracles, um, which really sounds like transformed you in many, many ways and impacted you to help you really find this purpose of helping people on a more spiritual level. Just give like a little, if you can, overview what what the course teaches, in case anyone's interested. Yeah, one of the reasons why I wrote Live Your Happy was for that purpose is really to simplify it um, for people, like the terms and... and, and right, how- nobody wants to go through 50 binders. Yeah, and I know, I don't. Yes. To apply it, but actually the book... Um, that's that's that was a ministerial school, but the book kind of looks like this. It looks kind of like the Bible. It's a big book. This is mm-hmm. it right here. Now, the Course of Miracles. She just showed me the book. It's a big book. Be, this is all on audio, so they can't see. But uh, yeah. Oh, so yeah, the book yeah, itself sorry. of A Course of Miracles, it kind of looks like a dictionary. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Sorry about that. I forgot that. That's okay. <laughs> but I mean, if they Google, if they Google or they um, put it on Amazon, they'll, they'll see, see what it is. It's pretty big. Um, it has the Course of Miracles. It has a couple of parts. One of them, the major ones are the text and then the workbook lessons. Um, mm-hmm. Basically, the the purpose of the course is for you to um, have a deep, um, how do I say this, connection with your inner wisdom. It calls it the Holy Spirit, but you can say your higher right. self, your, you know, just your intuition. Exactly. Really you. That's like the purpose. Um, and then the purpose also is to, it helps you to come back to your true nature, which you were talking about earlier. That's the purpose exactly. of a lot of the purpose of this podcast is really helps you to come back to your true purpose which is to, in every given moment, to really have this experience of peace, regardless of what's going on in the world. Exactly. Like I always tell people, do you want the, do you want the perfect relationship? Do you, they always have a dream. Do you want a million gazillion dollars or do you want to have inner peace? Because if you go for inner peace, then the rest will come. So, and that's being in touch with your, like you're, like you're saying, your, your true nature and your intuition and your inner soul. So that's part of, the Course of Miracles. And the Course talks about the the Holy Spirit and the ego. You can say love or fear. Right. And it talks about that that's that this is a world of duality. And what it's saying is always is that duality is not true. It's saying that it's like it's actually an illusion. That what's true is that there's love. only oneness. There's only wholeness. It's also saying that we've never left the mind of God. You can also say you've never left the mind of love. You've never left the right. mind of the divine. Right. Uh, that basically that's what the course is teaching is like this duality, how to come out of this duality, begin to through forgiveness based on the course, because forgiveness in the course is so radical. It's actually one of the biggest teachings of the book, because forgiveness is not the forgiveness we've learned, Janice, like in the world. If I, forgive, I know because I have Jesus saying you don't. Yeah. I forgive you because you show me that you're good. But now miracles forgiveness is actually recognizing that only love is real and all else is an illusion. Exactly. Practically. Lifting the veil of illusion and 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 practicing non-judgment. You can say forgiveness is non-judgment. Right. Yeah. That's a, exactly. Yeah. No. So no. So that gives just people a general idea. So it's like when when people have taught. You know, I've worked with so many clients over the last forty years, and they've had horrible stories of, of family abuse or betrayal, whatever. And, you know, they're holding on to all of this anger. And I and I always, which I let them, they have to vent out the anger at the beginning. But at some point you want to let it go. And so I always think about forgiveness. It doesn't mean you're condoning like, oh, that behavior was okay. Because if, you, if you're if you always holding on to anger and, and frustration, who does that hurt but ourselves? 
So to me, I always think of forgiveness as let's just be in a place of that happened and I want to let go, forgive myself. Forgive doesn't have to mean everything was okay. And yes, it was great that that person sexually abused me. No, that was actually not so great. And it continues that to be great. But I don't want to be so wounded that I can't feel love in my life. And so that's to me just using that. But um, again, I've read some of the stuff, of course, in Miracles. And I think um, what I like to, my my feelings, I'm just going to give you my feedback. Um, I love it in that the way, I haven't read the whole thing or read the, I haven't done the program or whatever, but just when I've read some of uh, the books that I've read, to me, what I love about it is that it's really about love. You can call it your, like you said, your intuition, you can call it God, divine, the universe. It doesn't matter what the name is. It has nothing to, to me, it has not in my world, it has nothing to do with religion. It has to do with soul. And so it's always about your inner, how to find this inner purpose is you have to go inward. And so whatever pathway that is. So for you, it sounds like it was the course of miracles for someone else. It might be something else. It's just really keeping your heart open to know that, you know, with this duality is like, do you live in a place of fear or do you live in a place of love? Do you live in a place of anxiety and worry or do you try to live in a place of trust and faith? And it's hard, but it's supposed to be hard. We didn't come here back to your original thing before we wrap up to not learn. We're all in a curriculum. I just love that word. I'm going to continue using that. And so you have to say, this isn't happening necessarily to me, even though it is, it's probably happening for me for some reason. And even if we don't understand why at the moment, if we can trust that there probably is some reason, and eventually if we're willing to stick with it and look at ourselves, we'll find it and that will help clear out whatever ickiness is going on. And then our life will go a little bit better. So I love that. So that's, and so that's kind of what you're doing now. You're speaking, give us the name of your book again. What's it called? Oh, Live Your Happy. Live Your Happy. I'll have to look that up too. Okay. Um, And it has some concrete, it sounds like techniques or uh, recommendations of how to do that. Yeah. Well, the whole book is really based on the course, but it it just helps to really, you know, reduce the suffering in the mind and come back to the right of, and every chapter has a practice and it's it's, wonderful. All right. 136 pages, you know, remember, I didn't want to write the book. So I wrote as fast as I could, as short as I could, but I hear it's really good. So, okay, well, you know what? I'm going to have to pick that up because I because I, I don't like to recommend something unless I've read it. So um, I think that's great. So you would like it. You got to let me know what you think, especially being like, don't know a lot about the course. Yeah. I think you would appreciate okay. it. I, yeah, I'm going to get it because I, I love those kind of books. Um, so in I always like to ask the guests like in at the end, um, if you were to give somebody who's struggling right now, like one little bit of a suggestion, then I and then I have a quote for today that I think will be a, hopefully I, I think it's a good one for what we just talked about. Um, any 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 advice or encouragement you would give somebody who's struggling? Like I want to do X, Y, or Z, but I'm afraid and I don't know. But I think that's my purpose. Anything that comes to mind? Well, the first thing that's coming to mind as you ask that, um, Janice, is acceptance. Okay feel that, I don't know why the word acceptance came up right away. I think acceptance is something very freeing. It's not that you accept and you're, you become complacent. It's more of an acceptance of your emotions first, right? That I'm upset. I'm, I'm unfulfilled. I'm, and not making yourself guilty about that. Right. It's like, I'm, I'm, I'm unfulfilled. Okay. But not having that guilt and grievance that comes with it. And then from there you begin to, um, come back to your true nature, because unless you have acceptance, when you when you when you want things to be different than when they what they are, that's when we suffer. You know, it's me saying I don't want this pen to be a pen. I'm going to suffer a lot. 
<laughs> yes, because the pen would always pen. be the pen. Pen on the screen. <laughs> yes. But so you want to, you know, have acceptance of your circumstances at that moment. And they're exactly perfect for a reason. Um, and letting go of the judgment and the guilt that goes around it. Yep. And then then beginning to come out of it and then begin to take that step forward, begin to do what you would like to do or or start doing what you do. It's like get uncomfortable. You know, I always you have to get right. I feel like always the, the you know, the comfort zone is the uncomfortable zone. You know, it's not that comfortable. Exactly. You got to get out of your comfort zone. Exactly. And and I think that's perfect. So acceptance and be willing to be a little uncomfortable, at least for a little while. Doesn't mean you'll be uncomfortable forever. But uh, first, you have to accept this is where I'm at with non, no judgment, no try not to feel guilty, no self-blame, only self-compassion, and then say, okay, this was here for me to learn and grow. What's my next step? I love that. Maria, thank you so much. He's so delightful. Okay, so I'm going to end with this quote that, um, you know, I always pick these out ahead of time, and then I always think, oh, it was such a good quote. I guess the universe was supporting me. So here, here's what I picked for today. You were put on this earth to achieve your greatest self, and that's to live out your purpose and do it courageously by Steve Marabelli. I don't know who that is. Uh, Life, the truth, and being free is his thing. But so that's what he, that's kind of what we're saying. You have to be brave and do it courageously, uh, which you did. So kudos to you. Okay. Thank you so much. Bye, thank everyone. You. Thank you. Okay. Um, so again, another inspiring uh, episode. Um, this is Janice Alpert, uh, hoping that you're living your life with purpose and uh, doing it maybe on purpose. So until next time, bye-bye.